0: This episode of as Island Discs is sponsored by ProVar. ProVar is the leading expert in accelerating innovation within the Salesforce ecosystem. Founded by experts in the Salesforce community, ProVar provides a robust test automation solution to help you deliver scalable and repeatable tests. Automated and polymorphic testing is the key to maximizing your Salesforce investment. To learn more, visit provartesting.com or follow the link in the episode description. Welcome to Tester's Island Discs, your most musical guide to software testing. My name's Neil Studd, and I'll be your castaway companion. Everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tessa's island discs we're at the end of november now there's just one more episode left to go in the year and that's going to be an extra special episode where i want to hear from you we're going to get as many voices as possible on that last episode stay tuned to the very end of today's show uh, where you'll find more about how to get involved with that As for today, I'm delighted to welcome onto the podcast, Kelly Kenyon. Kelly is a relative newcomer to the field of testing, having graduated this year from the West Yorkshire Coders Guild Bootcamp. You may have heard of that initiative before because Beth Marshall spoke about it in episode number 48, and now Kelly is working alongside Beth at Smoothwall. Welcome onto the podcast, Kelly. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We've spent so many episodes talking to sort of industry veterans about how can we attract new people into the industry and what are the ways we can do that. But I'm really delighted to finally have someone on the podcast who's been been through those stages. It seems like it's it's insane that it's taken us this, this long. Tell us a little bit about what your career was prior to discovering testing. Sort of What were the, the good and bad things uh, that you went through in your career to date?
1: I think uh, very similar to a lot of uh, testers it's been very varied um I hear that quite a lot um when, I'm, when I've spoken to people uh, my last role was uh, a service desk center um within uh, the NHS um lots of goods goods to that wonderful people doing good things um lots of frustrations as well um Angry systems, angry. We worked a lot with agencies, so angry agencies as well, um, which was quite fun. Uh, prior to that, I worked for Capita uh, in an agency, bizarrely. So it's kind of come full circle on me there. And um, uh, rewind even further back, I actually uh, went to uni, did a degree in music, uh, and then teaching. So I'm actually a qualified music teacher uh, for high school uh, aged kids.
0: Fantastic. And I understand you have some musical talents of your own. Uh, I, I see on your Twitter your profile that you're a sousaphone player. Now, a lot of people, when they get into an instrument, you can sort of understand how that happens. You know, you see a piano nearby, you start tinkling with the keys, you see uh, and a drum kit, you start playing with drums. Sousaphone sounds like it's difficult to fall into. It's quite the instrument.
1: Yes, kind of the, um, you're more likely to fall over with it. Uh, Trust me, I have actually done that at a gig. Uh, Shouldn't be allowed alcohol whilst in charge of a Sousaphone, phone, I think. Yeah, moral of that story is. Um, Yeah, so obviously I did the music degree whilst I was doing my music degree. um, I did a bit of uh, part-time teaching. So taught from five years old, I think my youngest pupil was, up to her parent, who was um, (laughs) 20. 30s not sure to be fair uh, it was a while ago now um and I've played in brass bands wind bands and orchestras so you, you kind of pick up a few different instruments brass are quite they're quite similar the uh, for brass um but I did teach myself trombone so I did that for a while um up until about 2015 where I saw an advert saying we need a we need a tuba player. Uh, could someone help out for a for a concert? A friend of mine actually, um, who weird coincidence now plays for the band uh, Richard. Um, I had a go on the tuba and loved it. I thought why didn't I why didn't I go to uni and do this instrument? Um, a few weeks later, saw an advert for a a, a street band, uh, the Piece Artists, who I am still with, uh, that wanted a sousaphone player. So I thought, oh. Now I know sousaphone's are fantastic instruments they look a lot of fun I thought to give it a go so I kind of that's my prerogative head first went to rehearsal didn't know how to put the instrument together um and yeah I've not looked back 6 years now
0: well, you, you, Again, with the size of the sousaphone, you would struggle to look back unless you you saw a little mirror on the side, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite a varied career, both uh, professionally and musically you, you, that you've had, uh, and with, as you say, several different sort of stages along the way there. What finally drove you uh, to to have an interest in testing, uh, and what made made you think that maybe testing was for you?
1: Well, I've 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 always had this sort of huge interest in tech, like as a kid. Spent hours on, you know, on my PlayStation up in my bedroom while, while my mum and dad were watching telly downstairs, watching soaps and always sort of wanted to, as I've, as I've sort of got gone through life, I've sort of aged and wanted to sort of mess with things, mess with it, you know, find a Raspberry Pi, what can I do with it, have a look on Reddit. And I've always had that sort of interest. Um, my partner is actually a, a product owner, um, so they suggested it, said, oh, I think you'd be quite good at testing, Kelly. You're uh, you're, that, you're that kind of mindset. So I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting.
0: Well, we'll find out a little bit more about how you got the testing bug in the next section after we talk about the reason that you're here. You have been allowed to bring five songs onto the of Desert Island that best represent what music means to you. Uh, this first song that you picked seems to have quite a close connection to what we've already spoken about.
1: Yes, so my first song is Young Blood Brass Band's version of Ain't No Body. Um, I know a lot of your previous guests have had a theme to what they've brought with the music. I have a very wide music taste, so I brought Ain't No Body. Uh, it's got a pretty wicked sousaphone player. I believe it's Nat Macintosh on that recording. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually also the first piece I arranged for, for my new band.
0: That was Ain't Nobody by the Youngblood Brass Band. Now, Kelly, we were talking in the previous section about how you found your way into testing, which you did back in March at the Coders Guild Bootcamp. How did you first hear about that course?
1: Well, I think, like a lot of people, really, lockdown has brought good and bad things. For me, it feels like more more good than bad. I I think, like a lot of people, uh, lockdown brought... A bit of free time, no commuting to work, etc. So, I thought this is sort of the ideal time to look for something a bit new, something a bit more developed. Um, and I, I think now, funnily enough, I've just been watching a um, documentary on uh, coded bias. But I think there was a Facebook advert on um, in my feed. So yeah, make of that what you will. Uh, so I saw, I saw, I saw the whole advert for for the for the Coders good the guild the boot camp and I thought I thought I'd give it a go I wanted to learn I was in that frame of mind to learn
0: so I just thought yeah now's the time so how much did you know about testing sort of going into it did you have any preconceptions about you know what what you expected it to be and, and how maybe it differed from what you expected
1: I had very little knowledge of the job, to be fair, and the career that it involves. Um, like I said, my partner is a product owner. I can kind of understand; um, she's explained little bits, but there's there's no explaining the the whole wide variety of things that you would do as a tester. So I, I kind of went in a little bit blind, but I mm. thought I haven't got anything to lose. Why why not yeah. learn some new?
0: I guess going in blind, it gives you a really good way of evalu- evaluating whether or not the material um, was was up to scratch. <laughs> um, we have a lot of things in the testing industry. We, we have a lot of these so-called certifications. Um, there are some that, that get a bad name. Some of them serve <laughs> some purpose to some people, uh, keeping this very diplomatic. Um, but a lot of them are very dry and a lot of are very, are very, very theory heavy. Um, how, how, did you find that you had a, like a, a wide variety of, of material, like soft skills and testing skills that you covered?
1: Oh, oh, completely. Yeah. We, I mean, not just the, the material itself. I mean, we, we did things like what is testing. There was a little exercise on, you know, the mindset of a tester. We, we had practical based things. We, I mean, we even recorded some videos and um, did like showcases. Um, so we had a wide variety of, of, of sort of learning, but also a massive variety of different types of
0: tutors. Yeah, some of some of the tutors I I know. I mentioned Beth earlier as well, um, and I I know some of the others who've been involved. Um, It's it's great that people want to be able to give some of their free time to help, um, to to share their knowledge with people. Um, In terms of things like activities, were were you out there sort of of testing real applications?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we were encouraged to do extra outside of you know extra practical things outside of the the course itself so you know we I was actually building a, a new website for for the piece artists at the time so so I you know thought oh I, I can use this opportunity to you know test the website as well and and we we were encouraged to look at different say applications on our phones or, or anything really and, and just test i think at one point one of the exercises was um write a user story um, on making a peanut butter sandwich um, and we had to kind of test that to see was the user story up to scratch.
0: Well it's, it's great that you found ways to to apply your testing to the real world with, with your website construction as well. I know I have a website that I built for a friend that I've been supporting since 2005 which is around the time I started getting into testing and I built that site with certainly without testing in mind, there are so many questions I would have asked myself as the coder. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I should have gone back and said, why are you writing that? You're going to be backing yourself into a corner that you'll never get out of in 20 years. Uh, but yeah, it's great to have have practical ways of applying things, particularly because obviously then post boot camp, you end up in the real world, you end up um, lo- looking for a role. Um, I guess it's very similar to if you were learning to drive and you only did the theory test before you ever sat in the car and you got out and sat in the car for the first time and went, Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you feel like your real world experiences have matched up to what the course uh, promised you that the real world would be like?
1: I think it gave me a good um, sort of background and theory. I think, think you're right with that. But um, I, I'm, I for one learn best when it's it's in front of me and it has a purpose. I'm not very good at if something is sort of fake or um, all, all the practical things that we did with With the boot camp, we're we're great and everything, but now I'm actually in a role. Um, I actually, you know, I have a purpose. This needs testing because of this, not because of learning.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's so hard to to simulate. Uh, you, you could try and you could, you, you could use mock websites and mock data, but until you hit the real world and you hit deadlines and people throwing spanners into the works that couldn't have been predicted, um, yeah, you really do need that experience. Uh, and it's great that the Bootcamp has, has set you up for that. Interestingly, we're going to talk in the next section about how you like to learn, which is something you touched upon just there. Uh, but before that, you've got your second song choice.
1: Yes, yeah, so my second song choice is, like I say, completely different to the first Song choice. Uh, My bandmates would be disgusted with this choice, I'm pretty sure. It's um, the first single I ever bought that ages me a little bit, and it's Spice Girls Spice Up Your Life.
0: That was the Spice Girls somehow appearing for the first time on the podcast with the song Spice Up Your Life. Now, Kelly, you were talking in the last section about learning and the ways in which you like to learn. You've had a lot of things thrown at you in a short space of time, both in boot camp and in the real world. What are some of the most interesting things that you've discovered about testing so far?
1: I think one of my favourite things from the boot camp was um, looking at personas. Um, so we spent quite a bit of time on uh, Edward de Bono's six thinking hats, which I know A.D. Stokes uh, had a seventh thinking hat. Um, check out his uh, blog for more on that. The fact that um, testing is this mindset, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to be amazing at programming and you don't have to be amazing at coding. You don't have to have all that background and i didn't have that background really had an interest in it but you know it's developed as as i'm going on um and also there's no stopping to this learning thing um i feel like i'm going to be learning um sort of forever
0: yeah we're certainly going to carry on talking about how you like to learn um i think you're absolutely right um particularly about, about mindset i think there are some things that can't be taught. You just have to have it. it. It's like this innate curiosity and ability to want to know more about a system. Like you, yeah. you can't teach that. You can teach how you can use a particular tool to to look under the hood or, you know, yeah. How you get into the, the dev tools in Chrome and what are the things you could do. But if you don't want to do that, then I can't help you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and personas as well. Yeah. Personas is brilliant. I went through so many years in my career without knowing the concept of personas. Like, for me, it was either I was testing something myself and then it was my word against everybody else's or sometimes I'd work for companies that had like uh, usability teams where we'd have you know, outside people come in to test our software. You know, we put it in front of members of the public and they see what they like. Uh, but that's expensive and time consuming and the, the data is, it's qualitative, but you, it's difficult to get that data in, in huge numbers. As soon as you're able to start um, reliably defining your personas and saying this is a particular cluster of users, this is a like a, a class of user who uses our product, and they need to be able to do these sort of things. They can then stand as, you know, when you're advocating for making a change, you can say, actually, we have this type of person who uses the software in this way. Um, it's it's amazing that you have that. Um, also, I think an amazing thing, we, we mentioned how much you learned in a short space of time. All these things that you've spoke, spoken about and some of the other things that you've covered in your um, video that I'll link in the show notes, like uh, session-based test management. I've been in testing for... Christ nearly 20 years now and uh, these things have been parceled out to me slowly over time as I've discovered them I've had you know weeks and months for these individual things to soak in um it's uh that's a lot to take on in one time Did, are, do you, are you someone who absorbs information very quickly do you have like a photographic memory sort of thing
1: absolutely not um I feel no. like as I'm getting older and older um less of it goes in and I have to repeat myself a number of times um I do I do have sort of ways to learn and what uh, I used to be a teacher so I'm you know I know how to kind of retain my own information but I take a lot of notes um I have um a notepad constantly digital notepad on me all the time writing everything down so I can can't forget it if it's it if it's written down um but yeah I, I wish I had that photographic memory but unfortunately
0: not Yeah, I'm a big note taker myself, uh, particularly at conferences, even when I know that the slides are going to be given to us electronically afterwards, I still like the act of writing down the key points that interest me because that transference of it from your brain, you know, from hearing it and writing it down, uh, that does help with making it stick. That's something that I do um, quite a lot myself. Um, I mentioned this video that you produced during boot camp, uh, and you had a a top 10 countdown of of things that you learned. Uh, I absolutely love uh, your number one on that video.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, drilled into us from um, pretty much all of the boot camp uh, tutors that um, it depends. Um, Everything seems to depend. It it depends on the person, the software, the company, the time, the money, Ad, ad libitum, everything
0: just depends. Yeah, it's a really useful um, conversation starter as well because it sounds like a cheap cop out answer that you can use in any situation. But when someone someone comes back to you and says, "Well, what does it depend on?" then you get into these conversations about well, in this particular context, as you say, you know, we've got only got we've got to release this tomorrow. So what you know, what we're we going to test today? What's going to bring most value? What's the highest risk, and that sort of thing? And uh, yeah. Again, really, very jealous that you discovered that so early on, and you, you've, not, you've not wasted so much of your career just bouncing around, going. Well, this feels like it's the right thing to do. Um, my my very very first testing job, I was um, I was in a company that didn't have any testers at all, and they they brought in a, a consultant to sort of train me up to, to to make me into a tester, and they literally gave me a copy of the uh, the ISTQB syllabus, said read this and you'll know how to test and like I said there's a real difference between theory and practical and uh, I, I uh, it took me a good couple of years to get to the point where I thought I sort of know what I'm doing <laughs> well we'll go on in the next section to talk more about learning and organization and how you can avoid overloading yourself when you're doing these things but we're up to the third song choice of yours today Kelly
1: yes I've uh, thrown another one in that's completely different to the other two and um... This one is called Moliendo Café, uh, which is by a band called It um It's my favourite piece we play at my band, even even the one I've arranged. It's my favourite piece. Um just makes me happy. It's big energy. It's brought about this new love for Balkan music that I didn't know I had mm. <laughs> six years ago. Um, and the band are actually on the Borat soundtracks as well, so you might kind of recognise them a little bit, Um And they just just make me happy.
0: Fanfare Chiocalia with Moliendo Cafe, a truly eclectic selection of songs from Kelly today. Now, we've been talking about ways in which you like to learn. Obviously, you've attended the boot camp, which is a, a fairly intensive course, uh, but in general, when you're picking up something new, either in testing or out, out there in the wider world, do you like to sit down and do it in a big chunk, or are you kind of a a, a little and often kind of person?
1: I don't want to say it depends, but it can <laughs> depend. Um, I could say. It varies. Um, Sometimes um, if I'm really interested, really focused, I've got that hyper focus on, I can sit on a Friday night and by the time I know it, it's Sunday afternoon and I'm still, you know, doing the same thing. Um, Some days I go, nothing is going in today, but I do kind of force myself to do something sort of every day, whether it's read a blog or engage um, with the community or watch something on YouTube relating to testing or even just a bit of coding just to make sure that I've got something going on sort of every day to make sure I'm understanding it but I'm I'm in a new job I'm learning lots with that as well so like I say if I've got the chance to big chunks but on the whole sort of small and often yeah
0: yeah I, I myself am a terrible advert for moderation i i am someone who just just has to do all the things um yeah i, I do believe in in yeah doing something every day particularly um i'm trying to get into into fiction writing as well and there's the, the idea of creating a habit just just spending like five or ten minutes every day just writing something even if it's nothing you're going to publish it's just the act of again like pen to paper just just get used to it so that when the time comes um you're less likely to suffer from from writer's block um i'm someone who likes to do, to do big chunks i like to go right today i'm gonna to sit down and, and do this for three hours and it's going to be great um however with a, a son who's approaching two at the moment um knowing where <laughs> those blocks are going to come it's quite hard you know if he's, if he's having a nap i'm like is this a is this a Hour-long nap or is that a ten-minute nap? You know, sometimes I wish they had a, a clock on them. <laughs> but uh, you're someone who has um, gone about organising their learning in a really interesting way. Uh, you've advertised, uh, you've got, you've created a, a software testing portfolio board on Trello. Can you uh, describe how it looks to listeners? Well, obviously, I'll put a link in the show notes. But um, where did the idea come from, and what goes on there? How do you manage what goes on there?
1: I think it started um, as a little a boot camp portfolio all the programmers had their websites with the you know that were the code examples and projects etc it's a bit trickier as a tester to do that so um I think the idea sort of developed from there um I had a session originally it doesn't look like that anymore originally I had a session um a card per session and you know each column would be, you know, f- me filling it in, linking it to a, my blog posts, etc. Um, it's kind of grown arms and legs now. Um, <laughs> if anyone sees it now. Um it, it, it kind of came from a bit of a I wanting to learn Kanban, you know, Jira style of 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 which I knew would help me as well. Um I kept getting things I wanted to learn just just kept coming to me. Um, I'd get I'd see something on Twitter, I'd see it. MOT um, dojo thing that I'd want to do so it was all coming a bit thick and fast and I and I didn't want to get overwhelmed it's one way I've stopped myself from most of the time getting overwhelmed <laughs> um, so I've got I've put all my boot camp stuff in one column now and it's at the end and I don't need to worry about it but um, if I see anything I want to learn um, I either put it in one of the columns so I've got an ongoing learning column which got all my books, programs, systems, videos. There's an MOT learning column because I know they're quite chunky, um, and there's a bit of everything else in my <laughs> inbox. So I'll I'll move stuff over to my my work in progress, my doing, and then I'll stick it in done when I'm done. It kind of makes me track exactly what I've I've learned and makes me think yes. There is a lot to learn, but you have learned a lot as well, which yeah. is it's quite a nice goalpost.
0: Yeah, I'm someone who uses Trello for pretty much everything in life, including personal Mm. development. Um, A a few things that I like to do with Trello, uh, I think I might mention some of these tips in previous episodes. But one of them is uh, there's actually a a feature built into Trello now where you could set like a work in progress limit on a particular column so that it glows. If you've got too many things in one (laughs) column at any one time. So that's really useful. Um, I also one of the things that I like doing is um, I put a whip limit on my done column, like the column on the far right so that when i've stacked up a lot of stuff like say you're always doing stuff but when you hit like a particular milestone like every time you've done five or ten uh, tickets depending on how big they are um i tend to t- take a step back give yourself a day off you reward myself with something um, as a way of saying you know you're doing all this for a reason um also there's loads of things i'm, I'm going to link out to a few of these in the show notes but um like integrations into trello to get stuff on your board in the first place like There's a, I don't know if you've used Zapier or if this, then that, IFTTT. They're these sort of sites where you can plug services together. You can make it so that when you heart a tweet, like if there's something like someone shared an article that you're interested in, you literally hit heart on the tweet and it will automatically add that as a card onto your Trello board. Um, So it cuts out that like manually having to add things. Um, Similarly, I've got a few sites now that like RSS readers for news feeds aren't really a thing anymore. I've got a few sites where I've got it so that um, their blog posts automatically get created as cards on my Trello board so I'm like um, you know Postman's blogged about something new um, let's make sure I read that by creating a card for myself automatically so uh, yeah I could talk for ages about Trello and I'm talking far too fast about it now because I'm trying to get back to talking to you because uh, no, I, like,
1: <laughs> I, I, no I completely agree with you on Trello I've, I've literally just learned today um, about integration with uh, Gmail so I've just recently taken on some of the admin um, in my band um, and an email comes in. You can create a card for a gig, and then I've got a Trello board set up for that. So yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm on board with the Trello talk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think the one thing that comes out of all of that is it's very easy to end up with with lots of of work on on your board. Um, yes, yes. So as you're, I mean, you're someone who you, you've already said yourself, you, you're aware that there's always more that you can learn. Knowing that, how do you how do you know how do you avoid overloading yourself? How do you avoid taking too much on?
1: Um, not probably not the best advocate okay. for uh, not overloading myself but um I did try um i, I make sure you know I, ha- I have a full hours lunch um or, you know at least three or four times a week and or some days i'll have half hours but I will have a you know a big break in the in the middle of the day um i've got this i've got into this habit of having a cup of tea before starting um a section of learning, uh, say before uh, a test automation uh, uni uh, segment, and then having a cup of tea afterwards. So I think apparently, apparently, I'm yeah. Little tiny breaks are important, and I'm driven by tea. Apparently.
0: Oh, I, I can I can uh, attest to that as well. Yeah, I uh, regularly got a flask on my desk next to me at any given moment of the day. Uh, yeah well we've got one more section to come uh, and i'm going to let you take a bit of a breather for that final section because we've uh, we've put quite a lot of questions on you for for someone who's who's new to the industry so i'm going to give you a chance to ask questions back to me uh, which is something that doesn't normally happen on the podcast before that uh, let's hear about your fourth song kelly
1: okay my fourth song um, is billie eilish's bad guy um again completely different to everything else you've heard today um i absolutely love billie eilish um Everything she's been doing, recording everything at home, which I started doing in lockdown as well. So I completely um, I completely um, appreciate that. Um, it's very catchy and it's just got a really good bass.
0: thank you, oh,
1: please I do what I want When I'm to so so, so you're a tough guy, like you're really rough
0: guy just can't get enough, guy. Just always so puff, guy. I'm the bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. guy. Duh. That was Billy Eilish with Bad Guy. Now, Kelly, you've, as you said, learned quite a lot in a short space of time. I'm assuming you've not done all of that in isolation. Um, the journey from you going from boot camp into a job, I assume there have been some uh, community aspects that have uh, gone on in the middle there.
1: Oh, absolutely. As I'm sure you're very aware, the um, the tech community and especially the testing uh, community is uh, pretty pretty damn awesome. Um, it's helped me. Um, in such a way, as I had um, I did have an interview. Um, long story short, I didn't get that job um, with a website development company. And as soon as, soon as I, you know, contacted uh, Scott Kenyon, one of my old tutors, uh, said, I've got this interview. I'm panicking a little bit. I haven't had an interview, especially not a testing interview before. Can, can you help? He was absolutely brilliant. He got me on a video call. He took me through some techniques, including screaming into a pillow um various (laughs) techniques um it it helped um and yeah so 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 things like that but you know if you're stuck with something you can go on twitter or go on discord or or ask someone and that everybody wants to help it's it's a really inclusive and and sort of warm community
0: yeah, I'm guilty of, of using particularly Twitter as just a place to vent at times, uh, but also it's really useful that it's there, and I, and I do find support when I'm doing that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for as much as the wider... Um, it, it's really weird that this the tester community is so friendly and welcoming like this, because yeah, the wider internet community quite rightly gets a bad rap at times. It's, you know, it, it does some quite horrible things, but... Um, yeah really pleased to to be a part of the testing community and uh um by speaking to you here today hopefully going a bit further to uh to giving some something back to the community right before we wrap things up i did promise uh rather than just throwing questions at you i'm going to allow you to to ask some things of me I, i've been in testing too long uh i feel like i owe oh, it to to give something back to you uh in terms of words of wisdom or warning uh kelly throw, throw something at me in, interview mic mike is yours
1: Okay. And this is something I might want to start Twitter thread about, actually. Um, what is the one thing that you would like all new aspiring testers to either know or do?
0: Well, I'm not sure if there is the one thing. I, I could say one thing um, out of probably many. Um, and this is probably because it's fresh in my mind from what we talking about today. But the idea that um, learning is a journey, it's a continuum. It, it's not something where you start and then you read four chapters of a book and you're finished. Um That reading will then spawn further questions, further reading. Uh, It will spurn the ability to to do um, practical knowledge. Um, It's not something where you like, yeah, (laughs) it's not a tap that you switch on and off. Learning is continuous. Um, If you are someone like I'm a bit of a completionist, particularly when it comes to like reading books or, you know, if I'm playing a video game, I have to get to 100 percent completion. Otherwise, I feel like i have not got (laughs) value out of it. You can't do that with testing it's just going to go on and on and so that is why you need to be particularly good at learning to pace yourself and learning when you know I've done enough for now um but yeah having that um again we, we talked about that innate uh, mindset earlier I think you've got to have a thirst for knowledge and you've got to always want to pursue it um if you don't have those things um you know you, you could maybe you know carve out a niche for you you know without wanting to be disparaging, you know, doing manual tests for the rest of your life. But there's so much more than that. And the more that you read and the more that you learn and the more that you keep learning, uh, that's how you're going to get ahead.
1: Fabulous. Thank you. Okay. Is there anything that uh, frustrates you about the testing profession?
0: I'm very aware that anything I say due to my uh, length of experience, (laughs) I'm going to sound like Statler and Waldorf from uh, from the Muppets, just (laughs) the old guys moaning in the corner. Uh, But I think... (laughs) Part of me just wishes we could have a completely clean slate and um, not forget everything we've ever learned, but there are so many sort of persistent myths and misbeliefs about testing that have been here for so long uh, that a lot of people have, have picked up and, and, and realized, uh, like, for example, your, it depends example, but like this, this whole idea that people think there's a divide between whether you're a manual tester or an automated tester, um, you know, the, the, two, the two are are one and the same Um that you need to have human experience to write automation. Um, the automation will support the so-called manual testing. Um, and while a lot of these these myths are going away, I kind of just wish you know we could do like a, a Men in Black memory wipe. You know, one of those little things, <laughs> and just like, nope, we're going to do it from fresh, and we get everyone to go through boot camp like you did. Uh, with somehow, you know, we've got these written scripts of people like Adi and Beth who you know have somehow evaded the wipe. Like, I wish we could just start <laughs> with you know, let's let's forget the bad stuff. Let, let's just look at. Uh, Again, one of the horrible phrases you hear is people say, oh, we've always done it like this or oh, that's just the way it is. You know, what if it wasn't? <laughs> what if there weren't there before times? What if there was just now? Uh, and I wish we could just all look forward like uh, like some of us are doing. <sighs> Two very motherly answers to two very good questions. Uh, thank you for okay. for, throwing the, for throwing those at me, Kelly. Um Before we get into to the wrap up uh, at the end of today's episode, it's been a really fun chat, and thank you very much uh, for coming in and uh, yeah, this, putting yourself in the firing line after you know six months of, of, of even having heard of testing is a, a worthy thing to do. So thank you so much. Um, let's hear what your fifth and final song choice is today.
1: My final song for today is uh, Nina Simone's Feeling Good. Uh, it's just a beautiful song. Um, couldn't not include it. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free, you know how I feel. Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel. It's a new It's a new day, it's a new life for me, and I'm
0: feeling good. That was the unforgettable Nina Simone with Feeling Good. Kelly's fifth and final song choice today and along with your five songs you've been allowed to bring one book to the desert island with you to join the 52 others that are on the island although some people have cheated and bought an entire series of books but uh, I believe you've been kind enough to bring just the one with you
1: yes um, this book I read first uh, back at uni um, and it's perfumed by Patrick Suskind, really descriptive and uh, it is a horror but it's, um, it's a good one
0: Fantabulous. We'll put it onto the list on goodreads.com with everyone else's selections from previous episodes and your songs will go onto the Spotify playlist that we've got uh, that's now, should no, I do maths in my head, 250 songs or something like that. It's a good old big playlist of previous guests' songs. Thank you again so much, Kelly, for taking time out of your evening to spend with us here on the podcast today. Thank you very much, Neil. It's been really good fun. Fantastic. And if people would like to get in touch with you to maybe, you know, offer help or advice or, you know, to, to uh, help build that sense of community, what are the best ways that people can get in touch with you?
1: Um, I can be found on Twitter. So it's Kelly Kenyon
0: 14 or add me on LinkedIn. What's the significance of the 14? There was a 14. it was already, I think there was already. Yeah.
1: I there was already <laughs> and I don't like 13 as a number, so.
0: that is one of the most sensible questions ever about why did you choose that name you know it was the next one available awesome yeah (laughs) and with that we are out of here there's only one episode left to come in the year our december end of year episode we're going to do something special uh this year by which i mean i'm probably creating a massive headache for myself uh what i want to do is rather than having just one guest that i interview for the best part of an hour i want to get as many different voices on the episode as possible so I've coined what I've called the Community All Request Spectacular. Basically, I want to hear from you in any format that you have available. Um, Send us a... Uh, like a a video clip off your phone or a sound clip or even just write to us uh, and let me know um, your one biggest testing win of the year. What's something you've done that you've been really proud of or that you've learned or picked up on? Uh, What are you looking forward to in 2022? What's like your testing resolution? And then just give a shout out to one of your favorite songs of the year. It may may be a song from 2021 or it may be a a classic that's been uh, knocking around your head a lot. And then I will stitch all of these together with my magic editing fingers. And hopefully what we'll have is an episode full of people talking about what their year's been like. Uh, There's a link in the show notes to a Google form that you can either fill out if you don't want to record your audio. Uh, But I I say, I would love it if you would send me um, an audio recording so we can actually hear your voice. Uh, But that link to that form is in the show notes. I will also share it on Twitter in the days to come. Uh, Our Twitter account is at Tester's Island. And I look forward to hearing hopefully as many of you as possible next month which only leaves me to say thank you again, Kelly. It's been uh, amazing fun. Thank you very much. Bye. And we'll see you all next month. Bye. Tester's Island Discs is brought to you by Ministry of Testing, written and produced by Neil Studd. The music by Green Day. Follow us on Twitter at Tester's Island.